0: Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey... (sighs)
1: what's going on guys welcome back to part two of the dfs og's podcast right here on rotogrinders.com i am chris maker, fan, prince back once again with my fellow og's head chopper notorious voice how we doing chop we'll start with you
2: doing good it's uh ready to get to these these afternoons you know what? i just with this condensed schedule in the nfl these afternoon slates have been terrible. There's, there's like three games every week. It's just not – it's so anticlimactic, but we'll get through this and pound, pound it down, and no big deal, I guess, man. Yeah, but don't I, you agree I, that they need a better – they need a better schedule maker, man?
1: Absolutely. Spread the bye weeks out a little bit more. We don't need bye weeks going – like, there's teams on bye in week 12, and, and I'm in some FFPC leagues. Todd Gurley's on bye when I'm going into the playoffs. Like, it, it's horrible. But, yeah, six teams on bye, Buffalo, Cleveland – Miami, New England, New York, and San Francisco, but I do agree, I like watching the Red Zone channel, and then you get to the afternoon games, and it's kind of like falling asleep, because there's only two or three games on, but it is what it is. Derek, how are we doing, brother?
3: Yeah, doing good. I agree with you guys on the scheduling. I feel the same way about NBA. I hate that they have three games one night, twelve the next, three the next. Like, just give me give me six to eight games. Keep me entertained every night. Uh, give us some afternoon football games. It's not that hard.
1: Six to eight is the wheelhouse, man. That that's where I'm at yeah. my best. There, when you get twelve, thirteen, that's that's a lot of stuff to go through. And that is one hell of a grind down to write on them days. So <laughs> yeah, yeah, I, yeah I'm, I'm a little really on that when, when I read that baby on them big schedule days definitely feeling your pain. But let's talk some football here, guys. Three afternoon games, Sunday night, and then the game of the year, Kansas City and the Rams. We'll cover that last. But let's start with Denver and the Chargers chop. Interesting game here. You know, Chargers playing well. I think one of the better teams in the AFC. Can't say the same here for Denver. So is it all Chargers here for you at home?
2: Yeah, I think so. I mean, it's a it's a rivalry game, so I expect it to be somewhat close. I don't think it's a blowout, but uh, yeah, Chargers should win this game. I, the Chargers got me thinking: like, th- is this not one maybe one of the best seasons for the top end of NFL football teams out there? Like, there's so many teams. Like three weeks ago, I would have said the Rams are the clear cut favorite to win the Super Bowl, even though they you know odds are still against it technically, but they were the clear cut now they've come back to reality and there's so many teams out there that have a legit like real shot at getting there. And and then, and then once you get there, who knows, but the chargers are one of them. They're a very, very impressive team. They have no weaknesses. They do everything well. And so they're going to win this game, but it's a rivalry game. So it may stay close from a fantasy perspective. Uh I mean, we are definitely got to – we got to go back to Cortland Sutton, I guess. I mean, he's supposed to be – he kind of let us down that first game without Demarius and got a price hike. But if we assume he was good back then, there's no reason to assume that it's changed just a game later. So, I could I could take some Cor- Cortland Sutton here. But, I mean, it's going to be tough. This Chargers defense isn't, isn't that bad at all. And uh, on the flip side, Melvin Gordon having a sensational year. But he's priced like it, so don't know if you want to go there. Keenan Allen, tad bit disappointing for me last week. I really needed him to do a little bit more. He managed to finally get, like, five catches for 50 yards and got the one touchdown, but he's better than that. I think he's better than that. I think he shows it this week. I like I like Keenan Allen to step up here.
1: Yeah, Melvin Gordon, I, I think it's the story. I mean, like you said, though, the price is up to 8900 Gurley remains under 10000 on – DraftKings, even in a matchup against the Kansas City Chiefs. Don't know how the hell that's possible, but $700 more, I think I'll take Todd Gurley, obviously. But, Derek, Chargers here, I'm looking at the line, and it's seven. You know, it seems a bit low. I and mean, I know it's a rivalry rivalry, rivalry – let's try this again. Rivalry game, like Chop said, but seven seems a bit low to me at home against the Denver team.
3: I was going to say the exact same thing. Anytime these lines look a little fishy, uh, typically you want to you know, side with the underdog. Um, you know, most of the, Pretty much all the money is going to be on the Chargers this week. And I'm sure the books will uh, have quite a stand uh, on the Broncos. So it'll be interesting. But yeah, that line does feel a little bit low to me as well. Uh, for the Broncos, I agree with Chop. I like uh, Cortland Sutton to bounce back. Let everyone down a little bit against Houston, but I think it's a good spot for him. Not really interested in the running backs, especially if Freeman's going to be back. Um, it sounds like he's going to practice. So uh, that's going to be, you know, three guys splitting work over there. On the Chargers, I mean, got to think Keenan Allen's going to go up against Chris Harris. Uh, so I, that worries me a little bit. And the Chargers have just been given Philip Rivers the, uh, the Russell Wilson treatment. He's thrown the ball less than 27 times in five straight games, uh, which is interesting. So I don't love this game as a whole. I think you can go to Melvin Gordon. He gets so many opportunities in the red zone, and his touches are just so efficient, whether it's uh, on the ground or catching the ball out of the backfield. So Gordon will be my play here, uh, and that's about it.
1: Yeah, not much for me on this one either. I mean, Sutton is intriguing just to try to go back to that well, but the Chargers are such a good defense. So 4600 not a gimme price. I think it's a decent value, but I think it's going to be a lot of Melvin Gordon for me as well and probably not much else out of this one. Next game, Oakland and Arizona, Derek, and we finally got the big game out of David Johnson and now goes home to face an awful Oakland Raiders defense, one of those running backs we mentioned. you know, He's priced below some of the studs there, but the price up to $7,500. We go right back to the well here, maybe a little pairing of David Johnson and the Arizona defense.
3: He's looked good the last two weeks. He's looked good. Uh, 98 rushing yards, 85 receiving yards. Granted, it was against the uh, Niners and against the Chiefs. Uh, two of the easier matchups, but he gets a third one in a row against the Raiders. Uh, they're bad against the run. They can't really defend running backs to catch the ball to the backfield. So I will be going right back to this. Well, this will probably be, I haven't looked at the schedule, but uh, one of the only games where the Cardinals are actually favored. Uh, they're four point favorites. Got to think they're going to win this game. The Raiders clearly not trying to win uh, right now. So, yeah, I like that call. I like pairing him up with the Cardinals' defense. As far as the pass catchers go, we've seen Larry Fitzgerald with 22 targets uh, over the last two weeks with uh, Byron Lefwich as offensive coordinator. We've seen Ricky Sills-Jones get going a little bit. I think he's interesting. Uh, the Oakland Raiders, one of the worst uh, against tight ends, and Sills-Jones is only 2,900. So I think there's a lot to like on the Arizona side. For Oakland, you just can't do it. Uh, you can't trust anybody. Derek Carr is probably the worst quarterback in the NFL, at least one of the top five or bottom five. And I don't trust any pass catcher. I don't really want to play Doug Martin, Jalen, and So it's a complete stay away from me.
1: I mean, he's, he's there with Portals. I, I put him in that category, bottom five. <laughs> I kid, yeah. I kid. Yeah, he's bad. I it, agree. I, I, I can't play any Oakland Raiders. Chop, is there anybody on that side of the ball? Their prices are cheap, but... It's just you talk about circling the drain. They're they're already down the drain and getting stuff piled on top of them. So all Arizona for me, I think even Larry Fitzgerald, Christian Kirk, guys I'm going to play here, but all Arizona, no Oakland chop. What do you think?
2: Yeah, I have to pass on it, Oakland here. They're just – yeah, that's just a mess over there. So pass on Oakland. Arizona, I mean, I got to imagine David Johnson is going to be popular this week. He did get the price bump. But uh, he had to, man, because if he didn't get a price bump, he would probably be the highest-owned running back out there, highest-owned player, maybe. So this is a premier matchup for him. So obviously he's he's perfectly fine. Uh, but uh, I'll go out on a limb. I'm gonna limit out here. I think what probably my favorite play from this game is Christian Kirk. I'll go out and we don't do bold calls too much anymore, but I'll bold call this guy gets multiple long touchdowns this week. I think he mm-hmm. gets like. Four receptions, goes for 100-plus, and two of them are long bombs. So it's a bold call, but I, I like Christian he's getting the snaps. He's getting the targets, and here we are against Oakland. So, boom, all, all things seem to be converging for him this week, in my opinion.
1: Love it. He, again, he's one of my favorite value plays. Oakland has really struggled with the deep ball, 30th in the league against that, and that's his game. You know, If Rosen lets it rip, they're going to be focused on trying to stop David Johnson Again, Kirk in play. Larry Fitzgerald's only 5,600. So really like the spot here for Arizona. Maybe you can load up and be Cards fan like the guy that was the Bears fan and just load it up by Bears, the defense, and won a million dollars. So maybe you could do that with the Cardinals this week. But great spot at home against Oakland. All right, Chop, last game for us here for the afternoon, Philadelphia and New Orleans. This could get ugly. I mean, we saw New Orleans go on the road, put 51 on Cincinnati. Now gets Philadelphia coming in, who loses Ronald Darby. Their secondary is beat up. They gave up about a million yards to Ezekiel Elliott. What is New Orleans going to do at home in this one?
2: Yeah, Philadelphia, man. Looks like one of those classic Super Bowl teams that come back the next year and just can't get it together because uh, they already have put themselves behind the eight ball, and now they get a a schedule down the stretch that doesn't look good at all. It looks very difficult starting with New Orleans, so – that's a tough, tough break for them, but uh, I would say for the Philadelphia side, maybe uh, maybe there's something there. I don't. I, they're not going to go down without a fight, and they're not going to be able to run the ball against this defense, so that leaves us with Carson Wentz to Zach Ertz, Carson Wentz to maybe Aguilar, who got back in the mix. Golden Tate maybe gets a little bit more playbook under his belt, so he's effective, but any which way you cut it, I think Philadelphia puts up a major fight here and scores points, and it's going to come via the pass, so Whoever you want to pair wins with, I think that makes for great GPP plays. And New Orleans is going to do whatever they want to do in this game, I think. They, man, it's unbelievable that two weeks ago the Rams looked that good. And New Orleans looked good, but we weren't thinking of them as in the same category as the Rams, I don't think. At least I wasn't. And now a couple of weeks fast forward, and they look, they look like the best team in the NFL hands down. They do everything. They can run power. They can run finesse, deep balls, short passes, stud wide receiver, great quarterback. Like they do everything on offense. And I, I, think, uh, I think it shapes up. If people are going to look at the secondary and want to take advantage and they're going to load up on Michael Thomas or even Traequan Smith, I'll go, I'll go the other route. I'll stay at home. New Orleans blows them out, and then maybe we get a Mark Ingram game. So I'll be a little contrarian there, and I'll think Mark Ingram could have a chance for a big game here.
1: Yeah, and this price still remains down there. I mean, coming off a big game, 4,700, Camara at 82. But we, we got Drew Brees, highest price quarterback on the main slate. Michael Thomas, highest price wide receiver on the slate. But I like the Philly call. New Orleans has really struggled with wide receivers. So, you know, the Alshans of the world, does Golden Tate maybe get more involved? And Zach Ertz been about the only reliable tight end this season. So, Derek, start there. Who are your targets with Philadelphia? obviously you want to run it back if you're running some Saints, but do any Eagles stand out as maybe cash game plays? And then New Orleans, is it the running game, the passing game, or all the above?
3: I can't think of a better spot for Carson Wentz. Uh, it's indoors. They're uh, going to be playing from behind, so he's going to be airing it out. And the Saints are a pass-funnel defense. they ranked third against the run, 29th against the pass, so I do think uh, it's going to be a good spot for Wentz. Uh, You mentioned the Saints are much better against uh, tight ends than they are against wide receivers, but I don't mind going back to Ertz. He's clearly the top uh, tight end target in the main slate. Uh, I've heard a lot of people talk about Nelson Aguilar early in the week. Uh, I'll let them chase those points. I would much rather go to Alshon Jeffrey. Uh, And then Golden Tate. I mean, only played 18 snaps, so keep an eye on that throughout the week. If he gets a full compliment, then uh, you might want to take a look at him as well. Uh, As far as the running backs go, I just think you avoid it for now. Keep an eye on Josh Adams. Uh, he had a forty-four percent snap rate, which was the highest of the season. And uh, Doug Peterson says that he wants to get him more carries moving forward. So, uh, not going to play him this week, but I'm going to keep an eye on uh, his role. And then for the Saints, you just pick whoever you want here. Uh, it seems like they want to get Drew Brees uh, in the MVP, you know, conversation. He's been having a huge year. He's averaging twenty-nine fantasy points at home. Uh, you can go to Michael Thomas if you want. He's just been so efficient with his targets that. It's really hard to say no to him on any week. But I kind of agree with Chop. I think they get out to a big lead. I think both running backs are in play. you can look at Kamara, uh, Ingram, only 4700 That's a great price point. And if you're playing this afternoon slate, so you can maybe even uh, think about playing both the running backs here as sort of a contrarian take.
1: Yeah, we've seen that work many a times last season. People utilized that. You could have utilized it last week against Cincinnati. But I'm with you guys on Carson Lentz, you know, probably my favorite quarterback of the week. I mean, you, you want to talk consistency. I mean, the guy gives you low to mid-20s each and every week. I mean, we haven't seen the big blow-up game yet, but cash games, I mean, you're getting a 3-4x return every single week out of Carson Wentz, and a lot of people will just say, I'll pay 200 more for Drew Brees. The reason I like Wentz, New Orleans could beat you in a variety of ways. You you could get five touchdowns out of the running backs, and that may render Drew Brees not making value on that number, where Wentz, it's not going to come from the running game. It's going to come – from him and, and his receivers, his pass catchers, it's not going to be Smallwood. I love Josh Adams. I want to see him get more run as well. But uh, that makes Wentz, to me, the best quarterback play on this slate uh, in this matchup with New Orleans. So a big game there. Should be a fun game. But let's move on to Sunday night football, Derek. we got another good one here. Minnesota and Chicago, an NFC North battle here. Chicago has been so good at home. Mitchell Trubisky. All his pass catchers, the defense, we mentioned it. They won a guy a million dollars last week, but a tougher matchup here than they're going to draw the Lions. They get the Vikings, who the defense maybe hasn't been as good as we expected, but it's still a better defense than the Lions. So we don't have Sunday night showdown pricing, but let's just analyze this game, Derek. What are your thoughts, Vikings and Bears?
3: So assuming he's not too expensive, I think Trubisky is going to be my uh, captain pick. He's just been so good all year, and he gives you such a high rushing floor that uh, I think you just keep playing him. We know that the Bears can't really run the ball. Uh, I mean, Cohen's been pretty effective, but he's a better cat- pass catcher than runner. Jordan Howard just can't get anything going all year. So I think this is a Trubisky game. You can pair him up with uh, any of his wideouts, but my favorite's going to be Trey Burton. Only uh, 3,800 in the Thursday to Monday slate. Got to think he's probably going to be cheap uh, in that showdown slate. And then for the Vikings, Dalvin Cook looked really good uh, the week before the bye. 10 carries for 89 yards. I Caught another four catches for 20 yards. So I think he's going to have a heavier workload. Uh, probably going to out-snap uh, Latavius Murray in this one. Don't mind looking at him. And as always, uh, Thielen and Diggs going to be on my radar. Um, assuming Diggs is going to be able to play. Sounds like he will. So... Yeah, going to be an interesting game, probably going to be low scoring. But uh, when it comes to those showdown slates, it doesn't really matter the score. You just uh, you know try to find your your edge and you, tell your, you try to build a story and uh, build your teams that way.
1: Yeah, coming off the bye, Diggs is saying he'll be ready to go. So, again, I, I think he makes for a nice price there. Uh, a little bit cheaper than Thielen. But, Chop, should be a fun game. What do you got, Vikings and Bears?
2: My uh... – Thoughts would be that, uh, okay, first off, Tariq Cohen left that game last week with an ankle injury or some kind of lower leg injury. So, we got to keep your eye on that. I mean, if he were to sit, then Jordan Howard may finally get all the run we thought he we was, was going to get to start the year. So, that would be interesting. But if Cohen plays, if Cohen seems healthy and all, that would be my pick for like a captain spot because it just feels like uh, you're going to have to beat Minnesota an unorthodox way. I don't think Allen Robinson has another big game. So, I'd, I'd say Cohen if he's healthy and if he plays. So on that, that's – but I don't like a ton of Bears. I think Cohen and Gabriel, Gabriel are the only ones I really like in that game. On the flip side, I love Cousins to Thielen and Diggs coming off this bye week. Uh, I don't think they run the ball into the heart of the Chicago defense. I think they do it with their perimeter wide receivers in there and Thielen in the slot. And I love that combination right there. That's – if I can find a way to get – like, those four guys there, Cousins, Stealing, Diggs, and then coming back with Cohen on there, even if I have to punt a spot, I'm, I'm ready to do it.
1: Yeah, I love Taylor Gabriel in the spot, and everybody's going to go back to the guys that got it done, you know, Anthony Miller and Allen Robinson. And Taylor Gabriel gives you that lightning-in-a-bottle type player that only takes one, and he's making value. So, I agree with Cohen, but I really like going back to Taylor Gabriel. Coming off that bad game should be cheap. Probably low-owned, and we know those are the kind of guys that can win you these showdown slates. All right, guys, this one is going to be fun. Kansas City and the Rams on Monday night. We just got news before we started recording. The game is actually being moved from Mexico City to L.A., so a home game here for the Rams, but don't read into that too much. You know, When I'm watching the, the Packer-Rams game, there were more Packer fans there than there were Rams fans. L.A. Does, just does not support – this team but the game is NLA chop 63 point total the highest total we've seen in a long time longest that I ever remember seeing a total that high and there was a study out anytime a total has been 57 or a half or higher the over is hit every single time 11 instances over that time frame so you got to think there's gonna be points here but we need to find some lower end guys some off the radar guys and prioritize in this game. Should be fascinating. But from the showdown slate side, let's get some low on plays. Let's find some cheap plays here. Even though we don't have pricing, let's find some off-the-radar guys.
2: It's so it's so uh, weird or odd. I don't know what you call it. That Not odd, but just like the luck of it all that this is a Monday – this is not a flex game from Sunday night. This is a Monday night game. So this was on the schedule, you know, for a long time now. And that this is the Monday night, like if this game were on the main slate, Ooh. like everything would be totally flip, flip it upside down, right? But it's a showdown slate on an island, so it's totally almost, I don't want to say meaningless, but it's a showdown slate. You know, we're all going to have the same damn guys. So it's so, but it's so interesting that on the main slate, this would have been a total changer uh, altogether. But for showdown purposes, I mean, I just don't think you get too cute with it. You try to jam in as many of these studs as you can. The production is pretty straightforward here. Uh, I almost just—I mean, it's—I would almost rather them not have played this game, and uh, and just seen these two teams meet in the Super Bowl. That would have been fun, and you know, to just be the Super Bowl game, and you never seen it with this matchup before. But eh, we got it now. So I mean, I think Gurley would be my captain guy, and I would find a way to fit him in there. You, uh, Josh Reynolds could save you money. I, we even saw Tyler Higby catch a touchdown last week. So Higby is a guy that I could save money on to jam Gurley in the captain spot. On the flip side, Sammy Watkins could be back. There's a there's a money saver. You know, you just got to find guy. Maybe Spencer Ware gets one of them vulture touchdowns. Anything you can do to get, to get your studs in this game, you do it. Like Gurley, number one. Uh, I would say Tyreek, number two option for me. Those are the two guys I have to have on my team. Uh, after that, maybe one of the quarterbacks, but the, Mahomes is going to be so expensive, though. And then whatever you got to do, you know, even if you got to take those cheap guys, Reynolds, Higby, Watkins, somebody like that, and I hope they get a touchdown.
1: Yeah, I mean, th- those are the interesting names for me. Josh Reynolds, obviously, stepping in for Cooper Cup. A little move, Robert Woods, to the slot. Uh, he'll get some, some snaps on the outside. Obviously, plenty of touchdown opportunities this game. And then it's Everett and Higby. You know, I I wish they could combine those guys into one guy, and I think it could be a very productive position. But, Derek, they kind of eat away at each other's value here. I mean, I prefer Everett, but both guys have been productive, and either guy could steal a touchdown in this one. So, Chiefs and Rams, appointment, viewing. Derek, how are you breaking this
3: one down? Yeah, I obviously love this game, and it's a great week to play Thursday to Monday so that you can get exposure to it. Uh, I'm going to be definitely uh, taking advantage of that. As far as the showdown slate, I think the goal for me is to get as many studs as I can into my lineup. So I think I'm going to play somebody really cheap in my captain uh, spot, whether that's Reynolds, whether that's a kicker. I think the last time we saw the Chiefs, uh, you know, in one of these showdown slates, they're facing the Patriots. And then we had those two kickers, uh, you know, win everything, the two kicker lineups. So maybe you do that here. Um, just to get as many, you know, studs as you can into your lineup. But obviously, like everyone, I'm just going to come down to pricing and uh, try to differentiate, you know, whatever way you can. So I think I'm going to go cheap in my cap and spot just so I can afford as many studs as I can get.
1: And don't forget, Jared Goff at home has been absolutely lights out. I mean, averaging almost 29 DraftKings points a game when he's at home. So this game moved to LA, basically a home game there for the Rams. But any way you go on this one, and again, should be fun. And DraftKings, if you're listening, make this baby big. Let's get like a $1.5 million. Everybody's excited about this game. People are going to play it. It'll fill. Let's make this the biggest showdown slate that we've had this season uh, and go out with a bang here with Chiefs and Rams. But should be an awesome game. Looking forward to it. And that will wrap us up for the analysis portion. Guys, any final thoughts on the football before we answer a few questions here?
2: No, I'm done. That's it. He's
1: done. He's ready for tacos. We, we, we teased the tacos in the last one, but he, he can smell them now. He's waiting for them. Derek, any final thoughts? We got to get Chop off to Taco Land.
3: Uh, don't let this podcast be the last thing that you listen to each week. We recorded this on Tuesday, so a lot's going to change throughout the week, both in terms of ownership and injuries and roster construction. So uh, just be sure to keep up uh, with all the news throughout the week. And uh, you know, don't, don't be listening to this on Sunday night or Saturday night trying to build lineups.
1: Yeah, it's always our initial thoughts, which it's good to get out there, you know, and start formulating your plan for the week. But I agree, you know, if you ever want to reach out to any of us with updated thoughts, we all do different articles and videos and shows on roto So, you know, our thoughts can change throughout the week, but it's good to get an early look at things. And that's what we try to do here each and every week. All right, let's get to the questions and we'll get to Derek's set of holiday questions should be fun there. And then we'll get chopped those tacos he's been waiting for. But From Dean, is there a season-long target winning percentage for casual players to strive towards in NFL cash games? So, for instance, a good sports better is about 57%. Do you guys look at that when you're playing cash games? Is there a number? Is there a percentage you're targeting? Or is it all just ROI and things? So, Derek, I'm going to go to you here. This seems like a question for you. What do you think?
3: You would think I would be super into this stuff, but uh, I'm not, actually. uh... Oh, come on Derek I mean I mean given the rake you probably want a win rate of you know some in the high 50s you know 60 percent or so um for you to be profitable over the long run but for me I mean I just I play a bunch of tournaments as well so the name of the game for me is just to be profitable over the course of the season manage my bankroll not get you know too overexposed in any one week and kind of go from there I don't uh necessarily track my results as well as I probably should
1: Yeah, I hate to simplify this question, but at the end of the week, did I win money or did I lose money? (laughs) That's kind of – that's the old school in me. That's what I'm looking at. Now, obviously, a lot of great tools where you can look at, am I successful at at cash games, head-to-heads, 50-50s, tournaments? We have tools on Roto-Grinders that will help you with that. Chop, I got a feeling you fall in my category. Did we win money or did we lose money?
2: Oh, that's definitely what you're looking at. But I I could say, honestly – we're in, what is this, week 11?
1: This is week I, 11.
2: I haven't played a cash game all year long in the NFL. It's strictly tournaments. I just, I mean, I used to do the cash thing, but slowly but surely, the edge seemed like it was really like there was just everybody's knowledge. And we're part of it because we're doing a podcast about the NFL, and there's so many podcasts and webcasts and everything. So we're part of the knowledge that, you know, has taken over the cash games to make them almost unplayable. But for me, you know, I don't even play cash games anymore. It's it's too tough. People people are smart, man. It's there's not there's not much of an edge there. You know, if you stumble acro- across a guy who uh, you play a five or ten dollar game and he didn't and he has a non-starter in there or something, oh, count your blessings. But that's not the normal thing anymore. Everybody's so smart. I don't even play cash. I just sign up for tournaments and that's it.
1: And there's so many lineup optimizers where a guy could literally sit on at 1245 before the game start at one and go to 10 different sites and it'll spit out optimal lineup. So I agree. I've been playing less and less cash games, more and more tournaments. So don't really have a set winning percentage, but I agree with Derek. Obviously you want to be near that 60% uh, if you're really breaking down the numbers. All right. From Eric Stifler, three-part question, favorite Thanksgiving food or side chop? We're
2: going to go to you here. Stifler, man. Is stifler. that the stifler? Is yeah. that the stifler from American Pie? It sure is. <laughs> Favorite, what? Thanksgiving food and inside? Food or side? Thanksgiving. Okay. All right, I'll give you my answer, but then I have a question for you. All right. Uh, I mean I'm I'm basic. What am I I like? I like the turkey. You gotta have the turkey. The ham's not bad. I'll eat the ham too, but the turkey's good. I don't mind turkey. People give turkey a bad name, they give it a bad rap throughout the year, but I like a little turkey. Where the side So many good sides. I like them all. But uh, my mom makes a particular dressing and it's a family recipe. And I don't have the recipe. She has it, I guess, when she's uh, ready to give it to me one day. She'll give it to me. But it's a family recipe. It's really good. So I like I like her stuffing. But I'll let you guys answer that, too. And then also would like to ask you guys on top of all that, what's your favorite holiday is out of all this, the whole year, calendar year? What's your favorite holiday?
1: All right. Well, for me, Thanksgiving food, I'm the same. My mom used to make this sweet potato casserole. So it's basically mashed up sweet potatoes. You put some cinnamon on top, you put some pecans on top. Uh, it's outstanding. So that for me, Derek, we'll get your Thanksgiving food or here first, and then we'll, we'll talk holidays.
3: Yeah, pretty boring on my part. Give me turkey, give me mashed potatoes. I think the rest are a little overrated. Not really a stuffing guy. Don't really like the yams and all that. So uh,
1: stuffing is delicious. Come and on. And
3: don't put don't put cranberry on yeah, your turkey. Yeah, get
1: out of here with the cranberries. Get get out with the cranberry <sighs> sauce. People always want to bring like, what is cranberry sauce doing here? Get that out of here. So yeah. favorite holiday for me is Christmas. I mean, just having kids and and watching the the pure joy on their face. When they tear open the presents now it sucks you know wrapping the presents and doing all that the wife does most of the shopping but just to see their their faces on christmas morning priceless for me so easy christmas Derek' favorite holiday
3: gotta be christmas so fun as a kid and then you grow up and you get to kind of experience that all over again when you have a kid so uh yeah definitely christmas for me
1: santa chop it's gotta be christmas
2: it is thanksgiving and i'll tell you what And it's not just because there's great food and there's great football, there's great sports and all that other stuff. But I've said this before, Uh, Thanksgiving, you know, the best thing you can have, like if you don't have anything to look forward to in life, then you're, you're pretty much done. It's it's probably over with for you. It's pretty dull existence. You always need something to look forward to. So with Thanksgiving, not only do you have this holiday, but then you also have the anticipation of Christmas, which is a great holiday and New okay. Year's. Once you get into Christmas, then it's winding down. It's a little bit anticlimactic. And then you just got the New Year's Eve left and that's it. And then once that, that's over, we, we got to go a whole year until Thanksgiving comes back. So Thanksgiving. That's where it's at. Man.
1: I'm gonna I'm gonna dig back into the memory banks in the season one of the OG's podcast chop. And weren't you the guy on Thanksgiving that's booting everybody out of his house? Man? Oh, man. I don't have, I have to like
2: food my food house full of people. Everybody out. Everybody yeah, it, out. You're surprising me here, so <laughs> I don't have to like them over here <laughs> in order to enjoy Thanksgiving, my friend. I don't Uh, Plus, you know, it's funny you said that because last night I was asking, my, what do you think the kids would like for Christmas? you think they would want a a flat screen TV up on their wall upstairs? And I'm thinking that in the back of my head the whole time I'm thinking, man, I hope she says yes, because then I can go bury myself upstairs during Thanksgiving and watch their flat screen instead of uh, the crappy TV they have now. So I'm trying to give them this gift. It's really for me, though, but, you know, we'll see how that works out.
1: Oh, yeah. We always uh, get a little poker game going on Thanksgiving, put the TV on, watch some football. But I'm with you. There's a certain point, like, okay, I'm getting tired here. I want to lay down, watch the late game, fall asleep, and everybody out of my damn house. So, all right, the next part of that question, and Chop, specifically for you, have you decorated the house for Christmas yet? The people want to know.
2: No. What, what is this? What are these shenanigans thinking about decorating before Thanksgiving's over with? The day after Thanksgiving, you start to prepare for your decorations, not before.
1: So Chops, a, a Black Friday decorator. So clear, clear I'm certainly not go.
2: a shopper, man. That's for sure.
1: Clear lights or color lights is the third part of this question.
2: Oh man, that's a good question. I mean, I don't like the really weird, crazy color stuff, but I'll like a little color in there if it's, if it's, if it's done properly.
1: Yeah, I I mix it up. You know, mostly the the white icicle type lights, but a little bit of color is good. And when you get too many damn colors going on, it just looks like a a paint by numbers that my kindergartner put together. So you you got to have a plan when you're putting up the Christmas lights. We talked about this. Plan it out. Do it right. So, but don't do it before Thanksgiving. That I agree with. All right, guys, final question here, and then we'll get into Derek's questions. Process towards building your cash games. Now, Chop, I know you said you don't play cash games. Derek, I think you do still. I do. But any particular process you follow, some some basic tips. I know this is a very kind of 10,000 foot level question. That, that's not easy to answer, but just maybe a few things that that you're looking at as far as cash game lineups go, Derek.
3: Yeah, so I'll typically start at running back uh, and or wide receiver, pick out my favorite values, especially a running back if there's going to be A guy that I really like that's going to get 20-plus touches, he's going to be, you know, an auto-lock for me in cash games uh, when it comes to running back. And then from there, I just kind of fill out from there. I start with running backs and receivers and then uh, kind of save my tight end defense and quarterback for last and uh, sort of just mix and match, you know, different guys. Uh, I definitely want to check ownership projections. Um, Not that I don't mind playing a guy that's going to be 5% owned in cash games, but I will definitely want to rethink my process if I go through and see – oh, my quarterback's going to be 1% owned. Maybe there's a reason for that. So um, I think ownership projections are good uh, just to look at to kind of gauge where you are against the rest of the industry.
1: Yeah, for me, it's, I mean, in all sports, basically I'm trying to identify what value is out there. You know, finding the value. Do I feel good about the value? And that's going to let me know how many studs I can go after. But for football, I agree. It's really starting with the running backs. You know, do you want to pay up, get all those studs in your lineup? Is there value guys that you can go with? Uh, But looking at the consistency as well, we talked about Carson Wentz. That's what makes him one of my favorites this week, consistent, week in, week out. You know you're getting a floor plus a guy that can give you a nice ceiling, which means the high end of what we expect of the fantasy points. So finding that value, though, I, I think is very, very important. Chop, I know you've played cash games, so just answer this question quick. Process in building them, football, other sports. What are the main things you're looking at?
2: Well, I'll say this much when the reason, all right, so when I used to play a lot of cash games, uh, and I, when I had my most success, it was because I could find you, you mentioned value, Notorious mentioned a similar term. And all that is, is inefficiency in the market, right? It's just an inefficient pricing. When I could find that is when I did my best. Uh, and a lot of times that comes with an injury or, or seeing something out there that's going to happen but the problem now for me is that the the pricing is so accurate with these sites now that I can't find those inefficiencies so that's why I kind of bailed on it you know otherwise it's just not even a coin flip i'm probably at a disadvantage with most people now playing a cash game so i'm not even at a coin flip so i just play but i guess the first thing i would look for is the inefficiency who is drastically underpriced Due to injury, new role in the system, whatever it may be, find the underpriced guys, and those are the guys you stick in first.
1: Right, and a lot of times it, it's between the two sites. You may notice a guy way cheaper on one side, and this is an all sports. You know, you you got to really, if you play on both Fanduel, DraftKings, or, or even some of the other sites, just looking around and kind of pricing guys out. Your lineup should not look the same on Fanduel than it does on DraftKings. You know, it's two different builds, two different scoring systems, and two different sets of pricing. So. Just looking between the two sites, I think, can be very valuable as well. All right, Derek, I'm turning it over to you, buddy. You said you got some questions for us. You've been working hard at this. So let's hear them. What do we got?
3: All right. So this is meant uh, to sort of get you know into your lives uh, as far as how you treat the holidays. So I'm going to ask a question. I'm going to set the over and over, under, and then uh, you can give me your answer. All right. Like so uh, first question, uh, it's going to be a Thanksgiving question. So the number of times that you are going to check your phone uh, for DFS while you're at your Thanksgiving event. And uh, so this could be, you know, setting lineups, checking scores, whatever it may be. Uh, I'm going to set the over under at five. Uh, Chop, we'll start with you.
2: <laughs> are you kidding? That's, not, a very, <laughs> that's a very inefficient line, Derek, because I'm going over by the uh, first quarter of the first game. It's over. Smashed the over, huh?
0: I,
1: yeah, I, I like to lie. I'm a guy that doesn't do all. Well. I like to just set it and see how I do at the end of the day. The more I sweat games and look at things, I swear my scores yeah. don't change. <laughs> looking at the same number, everybody's <laughs> passing me by. Nothing's happening. My guys aren't scoring. If I just leave it alone, look at it later, I'm fine. And I got the games on right in front of me, so I don't need to check anything. I'm going under.
3: You see, on a regular, you know, football day, I would smash the over too, Chop. But, uh, you know, on Thanksgiving, the game's going to be on, so I can watch every play. So uh, that's let probably why I want Let me
2: defend myself, because I'm the exact opposite. On a regular night, like a regular night, like tonight, I won't even check it, because, you know, I, I just for what Beer just said, I, it's going to change so much, I don't care, you know, just I'll check it at the end. But on that particular day... I have nothing. I mean, I got these people walking around me, you know. They don't I don't want to talk to people. So I just get the phone. I start looking at it. I see what's going on. I, I, I gotta keep myself busy, man. That's the only it's pretty much the only day I'll smash the over on that.
1: These people, I love it. I love
2: it. <laughs> I know I'm just I hope my family's not listening to this. Oh, no, they didn't, they didn't listen.
1: They're not one of the seven people. Don't worry. All yeah, right, Derek, right. what else you got? All
3: right, next one. Uh I guess I'm I'm guessing <laughs> right, I'm going to know the answer to this one, but uh, counting Thanksgiving and Christmas, the number of days that you were going to play DFS, over, under, one and a half.
2: I'm, I'm all so, in on them, holidays. Was Can you repeat that question? You kind of lost me.
3: <laughs> okay. On Thanksgiving and Christmas, so two total days, the number of days that you're going to be playing DFS.
2: No, this, ain't a serious, this isn't a serious question, right? Just, all right. Yeah. Over. I'm going away. I, sh- yeah. smashing that over
1: oh, yeah, hammering shit. that over i mean are there be- there's not a better day to play football like one day than thanksgiving and and christmas nba is awesome. Best. Put the yeah, best I'm smashing,
2: game, I'm best smashing about through. 10 slates during those two. I'm smashing 10 slates during those two days, man. Okay, we're, I may we're have going. to adjust my lines here. Yeah, you, this this is, here. I think you made these right. lines for some wives here, not the, not the actual players, man.
3: Okay, next question. The number of Christmas movies that you were going to watch from start to finish. I'll put it at five. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, oh man. man.
1: Five Christmas movies. Well, I got my kids. We're starting to finish. They'll drag me into a few Christmas movies. I always watch a little Home Alone when that's on. I can't turn away when it's on. A Christmas Story. I, I'll probably be slightly over on the Christmas movies. I'll, I'll go over.
2: Top. Now, what's my time frame from Thanksgiving to New Year's, or what's my time frame here? Yeah, that'd be good. Yeah, I'm going under, man. I mean, from start to finish, nah. I'm going way under. <laughs> See, so that's a good line.
3: All right. Yeah. Good. Uh, for me, that's over. My wife constantly through December. Um, okay, glasses of eggnog. Uh, this could be spiked or unspiked. I'll set it at five.
1: Zero. Eggnog is nasty. Just, just <laughs> zero. Under.
2: Chop. I mean, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say under because my wife won't allow it in the house. But if it was allowed – I would smash the egg. she she. I can't be trusted around something like eggnog. I'll I'll go crazy. Cheesecake, eggnog, any of this stuff. I, I just I don't have any self control, so I would have gone over, but she won't even let it in the house.
1: I mean, cheesecake, yeah, eggnog is just gross. No. Oh man, I like what I heck like heck, where cheese?
2: do you come out of this? Uh, under. I don't hate it, but it's
3: not something that I drink every year. Okay, next question. Uh, I'm giving you guys way too much credit with this line. The number of presents that you purchase, not your wife, that you purchase for other people. And I'll set it at three. Oh, boy.
1: I hate to say it, dude, but I'm the under. <laughs> I mean, me and the wife get each other a thing or two, but the kids, she does all of it. I mean, I'll come home and there'll be 19 Amazon boxes piled every which way on my porch. So, credit to her. She gets it done. I'm Unfortunately, I'm under, dude.
3: Top. Uh under. <laughs> yeah, naked three for three. Uh, I buy presents for my wife and she does the rest. So uh shout out to the wives, I guess. Okay. Yeah, for sure. Two more. They lie, they like it. Don't don't let them pull <laughs> you. Like All right. Uh two more. Number of ugly Christmas sweaters worn uh, in <laughs> December. I'll set the line at point five.
1: I'm mm-hmm. I'm trying to get into I'm not a sweater guy, so but there are some great ugly Christmas sweaters. I I see ads and I'm like, yeah, I should get one. So I'm going to go over. I'm usually not a sweater guy. I usually don't, don't do that, but I'm, I'm going to find me a nice, nice ugly Christmas sweater. So I'll, I'll go the over slightly one
3: over. All right, Uh,
2: Well, it's, it's, that's a, that's a very uh, ironic question because I, I'm not a sweater guy either. I don't ever wear them. And I wasn't planning on wearing one this year, but my wife came up with this suggestion that on Christmas Eve, when we do our thing with the with my in-laws, her her mom and her mom and folks that you mean uh, these she people, yeah, pretty much, pretty much. No, 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 come on. These people are like the the, the people that I see maybe once or twice a year, oh, just yeah. on Thanksgiving yeah. or Christmas. No uncle that's
1: hammering all yeah, your yeah, beers the, yeah, 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 hog, yeah, yeah, that yeah. Guy. yeah,
2: yeah. Yeah, the, the in-laws, they're good. You know, the 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 in-laws, the close ones are good, but. So she came up with this recommendation this year, let's on on Christmas Eve, let's do ugly Christmas sweater. And I'm like, what? This is like the first time you've ever even said that. So this year I will be going over because I'm currently on Amazon looking for uh, ugly Christmas sweaters for that particular occasion. And I've seen some rowdy ones that I can't take, but uh, I'm going (laughs) to give me one.
1: Derek, I know you're way over. I can see your wife just hammering sweaters and and hand them to you and wear this one, wear this one. Uh, You're definitely over.
3: My wife has quite a few ugly Christmas sweaters uh, with some cats on them, all kinds of crazy stuff. But uh, yeah, for me, it seems like one of my friends every other year will host an ugly Christmas sweater party. That's pretty much the only time uh, that I'm going to be wearing one of those. Okay, last one. This isn't related to the holidays, but I uh, wanted to get your thoughts. This is going to be the number of females that have listened to our podcast start to finish for at least uh, five of the weeks this season. And I'll set the line at 10.
2: Whew. As generous as heck man ladies, <laughs> ladies are you out there ladies i
1: oh, i mean i would love to think yes they're listening but i i gotta go under on that one i hope i'm wrong and ladies if we're wrong let us know hit us up on twitter at beer makers fan at head chopper at rg underscore notorious let us know you're out there but i gotta go under
2: yeah, it's got to be under. It's got to be under, man. I just I can't <laughs> from beginning to end. I just can't. There's maybe a f- a few chicks out there in DFS that would find this kind of interesting, but for the most part, yeah, I just can't see it, man. I don't I don't think our our fan base spreads that wide. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Maybe we're underestimating things. So again,
2: let us. Maybe know. I don't know. I don't. I, you know what? I don't know, man. I don't even have the numbers. I don't even know how many people listen to this thing. Period. So Six. maybe I'm way off. Maybe I'm way off.
1: Six. So All you right. can't go over it. <laughs> I don't have the numbers either. We we just record and put it out there. Hope you guys enjoy it. But I I hope there's some ladies listening. We
2: basically what we do here is is we come in, we do this, we record it, we put out a good product, and we sit back while. Cal Spears counts as money. That's what we do. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Cheers, Cal. Cheers, buddy.
2: <laughs> Merry I know, Christmas.
1: I know Cal loves that eggnog. Thanks for the I'm,
2: coffee mug.
1: <laughs> I know I know Cal. I'm giving him the you over. You got a on coffee mug?
2: <laughs> One yeah, what, year I got a coffee mug. I didn't get a coffee mug. Oh.
1: Derek, Sorry, what's your man. what's your answer
2: on the ladies? Over or under?
3: Yeah, it's got to be under. But, uh, hey, Nicole <laughs> Valencia, maybe, maybe she listens to it. That's your wife,
2: Maybe your wife is sneaking off listening to it, right? She, she likes
3: to ask the questions, but then she doesn't listen. So she doesn't even go from beginning to end. My wife, nah,
1: don't she... give a damn. I know she oh, no! no. <laughs> and a chop, I met your wife, and she ain't listening either. I know that. So we'll see. Maybe we can get a count out there. But, Derek, good questions there, buddy. We appreciate it. And thank you to everybody else for your questions and for tuning in once again here. To the DFS OGs podcast. We love doing this show, guys. Hope you guys enjoyed it. Week eleven. Guys, any final thoughts here? Football, holidays, movies, whatever you want to talk about. Chop, wrap us up.
2: I'll I'll wait till next week when we're before Thanksgiving to get into the good holiday stuff. But I'll just I'll just leave you guys with the uh, parting knowledge that I'm currently one and nine in my season long and uh, I am am now tanking for Todd,
1: 2019. One and nine, Todd. Boy, oh, boy. Yeah, we got to get you a bumper sticker there. Stick that baby in the car. Tanking for Todd. Derek's final thoughts here. Week 11.
3: The over-under game was my one contribution to the pod this season, so uh, I'm just going to be coasting the rest of the way. All
1: right, there you go. We appreciate it. Good questions. But again, thanks for tuning in, everybody, for The Great Headshot for The Great Notorious. I am Beer Sansalu. Best of luck here in week 11. We'll see you right back here for week 12. Good luck, guys.